Greetings, adventures, and welcome to GNGGCast. Welcome, everyone, to Good Night and Good Game, your geek news roundup for the week that it was. I'm your host, James, and with me this week, as always, is my co-host, Hector. Hello. And this week on the show, after the news, it's time to talk about all things going on over, sadly, at Activision Blizzard. Ah, that's that's a long section, man. It's a long section, and it's not something that like we were excited to have be our main topic. Um, but we are here to talk about the games industry and other various pop culture industries. And mm-hmm. when this much news hits in a week, you kind of have to kind of just take it and run with it. We'd rather be talking about something fun. We'd yeah. rather we have so many things we'd rather be talking about other than Activision Blizzard. Yep. But they they make it hard for us. They do. They do. <laughs> they and not in the fun way. Yeah, absolutely. Before we start, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg or as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. Now, with all that out of the way, it's time for the prelude. Prelude. All right, welcome to the prelude. It's time to dive into what we've been up to this week, what we've been playing, what we've been watching, what's been occupying our free time, and what has been making us happy. Hector, what do you got for me this week? All right, so last week I talked about the game The Pathless, Mm -hmm. and I was just getting started and just getting used to the movement mechanics. Today, I can happily say I am about an inch away from finishing the game. Nice. It maybe has another hour, two hours in it, and I have found... Everything I have been just combing the landscape of this game. That's yeah. how much fun I've been having with it. But uh, it's been very good. It, uh, the, the story really opened up and got more meaningful over the course of it. Nice. Um, yeah, I have, uh, you know, just a lot of respect for the developers. They've made a very good game here, especially mm-hmm. for an indie game. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what they do next. Um, another thing I got to try here uh, over the weekend was uh, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. What did you think? I want to play it. Oh, it's it's a lot of fun. Have you yeah. finished it? No, no, no. Everyone okay. I know has it on Steam. Um, we usually get right up to like the like like nearly the final boss and either have to quit and do something else because we've mm. been playing for two hours right or we just ran out of continues and we have to start <laughs> over right. yeah so but it's it's very fun it's decently challenging all of the turtles feel good and interesting nice. there's a lot of cool like combo stuff going on some mm. new like quality of life features in the game yeah but it really does stay true to how you feel turtles arcade games should feel and nice play. i love that it's been very very good um, let me see. I don't know, I've been playing more Raft. Raft is a lot of fun when you have a partner. We are, you know, I, I can't, we're some of the way through the story, whatever mm. that means, but we're having a good time and we're building our Raft and I am the now de facto decorator. Wow. Look yeah. at you. Yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> you know, we kill various animals and mount their heads on little plaques on the That's ship. That's adorable. Yeah. It's great. Um, and we're almost ready to uh, cultivate our own livestock on wow. a raft. Yeah. Look at you guys go. How exciting. Yeah. It's going to be good. But the main thing I did this week, the big thing that has taken all of my time, is I finally decided, I finally decided to start watching Stranger Things Season 4. Yep. I hadn't started even the beginning of it, um, even though the, the, the first part came out a little earlier uh, in the spring. Yep. So, I, yeah, I just dove all the way through it. I have one episode left, the final episode, which for anyone who doesn't know, is about two and a half hours. Yeah. So it was going to start it last night, but it was too late. But man, what a good show. Yeah. Like, and I know it's Stranger Things, so it's obviously a good show. But I had over the course of, I don't know, like late pandemic, just kind of forgotten how good some TV can be. And this really mm-hmm. brought it back, like yeah. in a good way. Like this show vibes all day long and I'm here for it. 
Yeah, it knows what it's about. It yep. knows it's playing on the nostalgia. It does what it does, and it does it well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I loved it. I did see it all the way through. Yeah. Um, I think that it may be their strongest season yet. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, and you haven't seen it yet, the final episode that like you said runs about two and a half hours. I feel like it earns every minute of that two and a half hours. Awesome. So that's one of the big things I could say about it. Over on my side of the world, not a whole lot too exciting. Um, I finished Control. Mm-hmm. So DLC finished, Control finished. Yeah. Um, fantastic game. Absolutely yeah. loved it. Cannot recommend it enough. If you had no idea that Alan Wake 2 wasn't coming after playing that game, you were probably blind because it basically spelled it out for you. Yeah. Like, or you'd never heard of Alan Wake. Yeah, you've never heard of Alan Wake. <laughs> yeah. So it just spells out for you like... Alan Wake 2 is coming in two years. It's yep. basically what it says in the cutscene. And here we are, you know, a couple of years out, and there it is. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I had a blast with that. A lot of my frustrations that I had with the game, um, the bosses, I did get to go back and fight those bosses. Um, it was definitely, at least with the big DLC boss, it was a DPS check for me. Mm-hmm. The second time, or I won't say the second time around, <laughs> the second time going in to try and fight him post me leaving him uh, went much smoother once I had a different set of abilities equipped. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, not a whole lot other of interest. I uh, got back into L.A. by Night, which was the uh, five season series Vampire the Masquerade told by people who work on Vampire the Masquerade and professional actors. Um, it's been a blast. The episodes are about three hours long, so I can't really tear through it. Yeah, um, that's like a one a night if you're good. That's a one night if you're good. Usually I'll, ca- I'll listen to I'll listen to one at work because, I mean, it's mostly dialogue driven, so I can mm-hmm. kind of just listen to it. Um, but, all, but all the actors in it are absolutely fantastic. Um, and New York by Night, which is the new series, just came out. It just aired its first episode last Friday. Um, so uh, this is kind of me playing catch up. I'm in season four or five right now playing catch up so I can get to that. Okay. On top of that, um, I wanted to take a little bit of a break from gaming because I just finished Control and it was mm-hmm. long. And I've got Disco Elysium sitting right there and I wanted to pick yeah. it up so bad. But I was just like, it's another long game. and I need to just chill for a bit. Mm-hmm. So I watched LA by Night. I got my pen and piece of paper and I started rewriting the Austin by Night Vampire Chronicle that I had been working on um, and had been pretty far into writing it. And then I saw two weeks ago what the plot for New York by Night was and went, fuck, that's the plot of my game and had to scrap it. <laughs> you Kojima'd yourself. I Kojima'd myself. And it was, just, mind you, I have no interaction with the people who make New York by Night. I am, you know, none of that. Uh, it's just pure happenstance that the story that I happened to be writing was the basic plot of what they posted of like, this is what this season's going to be about. And I went, fuck. Yep, I like it. So restarted doing that. Um, other than that, I did, uh, while I was, not watching uh, New York by night or LA by night. Um, I started, uh, started and finished season seven of uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, and this awesome. is the season before the last one, basically. Okay. So that, that's the one that's on Netflix. So, and and that, that is canceled, canceled. That is, right? that, that is canceled, canceled. So yeah. it's getting its next season and then that's it. And that'll be season um, nine? Season eight. Eight, eight is, is the last yeah, one. Is okay. the last one. So we got season seven. It just, it, you know what? It's in some ways better because they've stopped giving a shit even more in this season. Yeah. Like the less they give a shit about the canon of DC comics, the better the show is. And that's exactly what it was is every episode has its own intro. Now that's just completely wacky and different, like bizarre ass shit happens. It's weird, man, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's so stupid and able to laugh at itself for being stupid. And genuinely in season seven, they have the hundredth episode, which is the episode where basically, they get almost everybody to come back. 
Okay. And so like, you know, you get to see Captain Cold again, you get to see a lot of people and there's a reason in universe reason for why all this stuff happens. Mm -hmm. And like at the very end, they kind of do this like end of Evangelion Shinji scene where everybody's clapping and you get to see the cast together and you're just like, man, that kind of, kind of warms my heart a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds awesome. Uh, There's a silver age of comics goofiness to Mm. to to that show that you don't get anywhere else and i think that that's you hit the nail on the head there Mm. that's the reason legends works is when it's embraced that silver age style Mm. of goofiness because it just it refuses it's always refused to take itself seriously Mm -hmm. except for season one yeah no like the gloves are off yeah it's like like hey we're gonna travel in time cool should we deal with some of the darker aspects of time travel no slap yeah we're gonna have goofy adventures and put men in dresses and everyone will laugh and good time will be had by all and we're getting back on the ship for the next episode but the thing is about season seven of legends of tomorrow is that it talks about these moral quandaries about time travel Mm -hmm. where where like they go back to like Texas in like the 1900s. Oh, good lord! And they're just like, why shouldn't we make it so that women could have the right to vote earlier? And they yeah. and they're like having to struggle with things that aren't just go back kill Hitler. Yeah, it's like we technically could make the world a better place by putting these things into place very easily. And there's a really good discussion that they have at one point. Um, and I and I wish I had the like the dialogue in front of me. Um, but one of the, the characters is trying to argue for not making the changes for things like having women suffrage be so- uh-huh. sooner and stuff like that. And they're basically saying like human beings need time to process change and by forcing it on them, you'll get it overturned. Mm, that's if, fair. if you force the change onto humans and it doesn't come naturally to them to say that we want to give women the right to vote, then at some point, the right will probably just be taken away from them. Yeah. In order to change laws, you have to change thought first. Right. Yeah. It's a whole thing. And in, in a show that prides itself on being so goofy and over the top, I found that entire exchange very poignant. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I, that's maybe one of the most relatable things and ways to talk about time travel that has never been broached before. Yeah, it is remarkably reasonable and even-tempered in a time where we don't get that ever. So that's fucking good on them. Yeah. So absolutely, if you're ever bored and just want something silly to put on in the background while you do something else, Legends of Tomorrow, I'm just going to recommend it yet again. Yeah. So, yeah, don't, don't go back. In, if you go back in time, don't change laws. But d- d- uh, d- uh, not off the table, killing horrible people. Yeah. You can still do that in the past. So, but you if know. you could change minds. Then oh, that's yeah. All Maybe you need. change a mind while you're there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's everything that we have for the prelude this week. We're going to take a small break. And when we come back, we'll be going into the news and the weekly raid. The weekly raid. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is the weekly raid, our news roundup for the week. There's lots to talk about. So let's dive into it. Kicking things off, an untitled sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife was announced this week. What we do know is that they're shooting for a December 20th, 2023 release. So they're just like flat out. Here's the date. It's, it's going to be coming out on this date. So yay Christmas. Yeah. Um, we also found out that that Winston and his company Zedmore Industries will be at the center of it, which is kind of keeping in line with the tease that happened at the, at end, the, of end, of the yeah. Yeah, end of Afterlife. Okay. Uh, there's also a new animated series and a new movie in the works for the Ghostbusters franchise as well. Is, is Ghostbusters about to become my Bad Batch? Like, is this a cartoon I'm going to watch like full heartedly as an adult? It, it might be. <laughs> it really depends. I mean, so I as probably one of the largest Ghostbusters fans that I know. Um, I'm 
trepidatious. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Okay, yeah. Cautiously optimistic. I was cautiously optimistic about Afterlife, mm-hmm. and then I cried during the movie. I loved Afterlife. And it, that was good. And it worked. Now what we have is we have a movie that kind of put to bed old Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. and now we enter the age of what new Ghostbusters is supposed to be. And I want to go in with an open mind and an open heart and go... You know, the original cast probably won't be showing up a lot anymore. That's fine. It needs to evolve for a new generation. New kids need new Ghostbusters in their life. Yeah, they do. Um, So I want to go in cautiously optimistic. I think if the quality remains the same as what we saw in Afterlife, we're in for a good time. Yeah, absolutely. And I 100% agree that kids do need Ghostbusters. Kids need... In their pantheon of heroes, scientists that kick ass. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily ones with superpowers, but ones that are just like, yeah, I can make a laser out of a backpack. Let's right. go. Right. Fuck yeah. Yeah. More more Ghostbusters for, for kids and adults alike. I, I, from what I saw in Afterlife, uh, I, my only hope is that people who love the franchise as much as the people who did who made that yeah keep making ghostbusters and not you know anyone else that's what i'm hoping that that's that's the the best i can hope for at this point with no E3 this year, many people have been speculating on what's next for the gaming trade show. It was revealed this week that Reed Pop, the convention organizers behind the wildly successful Penny Arcade Expos, will be taking over creating what will be the next iteration of E3. And it will be coming back in 2023. Let's talk about this. Yeah. E3's had a very long... Bad history in the last few years. So, well, it's it's been on break for what since it's since twenty nineteen. Been it's been on break. Um, they did virtual events. Um, e three had problems that were not even industry related, like mm-hmm. the fact that they had data breaches where every person who went to e three got all of their data stolen from them. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of problems with e three for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason everybody was kind of wondering. It, it kept being said almost every year, is this year E3's last year? Yeah. Even up until this year where there was no E3, they're like, is E3 finally dead? Yeah. Was it its last year? Right. Yeah. And to bring in Reed Pop, who are, who are the, the organizers behind Penny Arcade Expo, might be the thing that saves E3. Yeah. It really feels like calling the star from the JV team up to the varsity to, because mm-hmm. like everyone else is wounded or can't get the job done. Yeah. They understand how to handle large scale trade shows. They understand the importance of like cybersecurity when it comes to those mm-hmm. things. Um, they're, they're just all around more, a little more evolved in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so them taking up the reins of E3 and they're a company that from what I understand really is willing to step back and evaluate what is not working and try and change that if not working. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I wish them nothing but the best. I, yeah. I, I don't know what form E3 should take. I don't think that anyone has the answer to that. Yeah. I like what uh, Jeff did this year. It was great. Mm-hmm. I hope he keeps doing it, whether or not E3 is actually back. I think summer game year. fest is still going to be a thing. Yeah, it definitely should be. I mean, it's just another reason to have, you know, Jeff back doing what he does. Yeah. Hopefully dunking on everyone else with massive exclusives. Mm-hmm. Cause like that's his thing and it's great. Yeah. 
so I'm excited. I, you know, it's been a while since we've had like an E3 that really just blew our minds. Yeah. So hopefully they'll take the year, get everything in place. Honestly, I'm I'm not opposed. I know that I say this is somebody who probably would never be able to get in, but it going back to a trade show for people in the industry. Yeah. Like that's the that thing, sounds good, right? Like just keep it professional, keep it tight. Yeah. You know, and above all else, I don't want this to be a sign that developers feel like they have to go back to scrambling to make E3 giant trailers and shit Mm -hmm. like shit we'll never see which we'll talk about here in just a second actually um but you know a lot of game devs end up having to do like extra kinds of crunch or working extra hours because they have to make these specialty demos and these Mm -hmm. specialty movies and everything for e3 and i don't want that i want e3 to feel like it's a low pressure event for the developers something they want to participate in Mm -hmm. not something that they're gonna have to do extra steps to participate in. agreed no yeah in my perfect world e3 would be a, a lot like uh the world's fair the tony stark expo you yeah. know what i mean yeah. you definitely have the industry people there but it's almost a, a celebration of them yeah all of the game developers come in they get to see what everyone else is working on and whatever demos they decided to make for their fellow play for their fellow developers yeah and show off what they're doing how they're doing it and make the entire industry better as a whole mm-hmm. and everyone else us plebs who don't make games for a living mm-hmm. can just go look and, yeah. and like see what they decided to make good to the public mm-hmm. and you know keep the press and the uh, regular plebeians on the same level yeah and let all the industry people see like behind the scenes and hopefully they can all get in together in a room and talk and you yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. And while E3 may not have happened this year, Gamescom in Germany will still be happening. Gamescom will start on August 24th, and Microsoft has already begun teasing the event. Um, Gamescom will be a hybrid in-person and online event like they have been doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gamescom is actually also working to make a, quote, climate-friendly event. So how are they doing this? They are hoping to offset the admissions from running the trade show by giving all participants free public transportation and they'll be raising money for the Gamescom reforestation project. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So basically they're like, we understand that like conventions kind of affect a global footprint. How can we offset that? Let's do these things. Plant some fucking trees. Yeah. Although I will tell you if there's ever a chance of like gamescom and like oktoberfest being around the same time oh yeah that, that's a whole oh, yeah. that's, that's a whole it's a, a whole two-week vacation <laughs> yep yeah <laughs> there you go in other microsoft news starting in october xbox 360 titles will be removed from the games with gold service uh, microsoft sent out a newsletter that said they have quote reached the limit of our ability to bring xbox 360 games to the catalog all previously claimed games that you've uh, you done during using the service um, will remain in your account as long as you keep your service active. So okay. any of the free games you got with Games of Gold, they stay there, but they're not going to be bringing out Xbox 360 games specifically to Games of Gold anymore. Okay. To be perfectly honest, and and I don't mean to sound like a dick about this, I forgot about the Games with Gold service because I use Xbox Game Pass now. Yeah, yeah, no, nobody uses Games with Gold. The, the free games they get every month are a joke. Yeah. Like, like they're, they're literally a... What game? Like, like that for for every well, game. What's the thing? So released. they said, like, even in the quote, it says, like, we've reached our limit of the of ability to bring Xbox 360 games to the catalog. Mm-hmm. They're basically just like, guys, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, we're we've got like, yeah. we've got like most of them. Yeah, everything else is shovelware. Trust us, you don't yeah. want it. Yeah. So it for some people it's upsetting, but I mean it's no, it's fine. These things, I mean these, these things happen. Yeah. What am I gonna do? I mean, look, the, the only place you can get and still play every game you've ever bought. Um, as long as, you know, you've downloaded it and you have it, 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 it's Steam. Yeah. 
Like everyone else has its limits. It's not like you can go to PlayStation and get PS2 and PS3 games like willy nilly. There mm. are some. Yeah. They're there and they're badass and they're highly, highly asked for. Yeah. And there's nothing else. Yeah. Same there's, with GOG though. Yeah. Like I can go there to get the really great old stuff that I, would oh, I yeah. get a hankering for. Like if I want to play TIE Fighter and they're like, hey, we've got TIE Fighter and we fixed it. Yeah. It, it, you can play Soldier of Fortune too. We wrapped yep. it in a wrapper so that OpenGL works with Windows 11 somehow. Yeah. Just it's, it's wizardry at that point. Mm-hmm. It's pure wizardry. So, the cult classic game Lollipop Chainsaw that was created by Suda51 and James Gunn is getting a remake. Uh, There will be some of the developers who worked on the original title on the project. Uh, Suda and Gunn will not be working on it, obviously. Um, Another big change is that some of the songs in the game will have to be changed due to copyright issues. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. Yeah. It, it, it look it's a very very cool game and it, it absolutely screams both James Gunn and Suda Fifty One. It's a game that I think that I avoided when it first came out mm. purely based on like the cover art. Ah, uh, yeah. And then somebody was like, "It's actually a really good game. Like you should play it." I'm like, "Right, but it's just like a Barbie doll with a chainsaw and then, like a way too short skirt." And yeah. Like, right. It's just a style choice. You have to roll with it. Yeah. And like. It's it's part of the charm. It's no more heroes all over again, you know. And yeah. and uh, somebody mentioned the other day that we didn't used to have to, as artists and developers and geniuses, make up a reason to put sexy women on screen. Yeah. And in this game, they didn't. They're just like, "What? She's hot as fuck. That's her vibe." Yeah. We'll just leave her alone. You know, and and now you know we say things like, "Oh, well, she she has a dress like that. I, I, she she breathes through her skin, mm-hmm. or, or or some shit." You know, it's it's you know, leave her alone, right? Just let people be sexy, and then this game definitely did. Yeah, it's one of those weird things that I just I shouldn't have been as dismissive about it as I was. I just thought it was going to be a dumb game. I was yeah. like, I looked at the cover art, I'm like, that's going to be a dumb game. So I thought the same thing right up until the point where I noticed she kept her decapitated boyfriend's head. Mm. With the chain wrapped around it on her, like, cheerleader skirt mm-hmm. belt loop, yeah. I guess, if that exists. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, she basically wandered around with a talking version of her football boyfriend's head. Wow. And I was like, oh, this isn't... Okay, yeah, this isn't as vapid as it looks. They're, they're right. doing something. Right. Yeah, I could totally understand that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to play the remake when it comes out. Oh, Apparently, yeah. like, the thing about... We complain a lot about remakes, but honestly, the, all the wave of remakes that we have been getting has been beneficial to me. Because, like, I never played Alan Wake when it came out. Yeah. And I probably wouldn't go back and play Alan Wake on the 360. But the remake got me into Alan Wake. Yeah. And then that got me into Control. And, like, these these remakes good do stuff. have... They do have benefits to them. Yeah, think about how many people played Demon Souls that never, ever oh, could Oh, yeah. Have. Barely anybody played Demon Souls. Exactly. Like, Barely. I was like one of the few that played Demon's Souls. I yeah. burned through three PlayStations trying to beat it and still didn't beat it. I'm afraid to download Demon's Souls onto my PS5. It'll brick it. Because it, it is Curse. bricked like three PlayStations for me at this point. So, yeah, I mean, these remakes, they're important. And I know that we've talked about this before, but like going back and doing these remakes help teams that are looking to develop the next game in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. You know, they let you see like what worked, what didn't. And then what was magical about the game that people want a sequel so bad. I don't think any of that's bad. No, so, it's good. So let's talk about E3 again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so fans of the Halo franchise will tell you that the E3 demo for Halo 2 called Earth City got everybody really excited for what was coming out for next for Master Chief. Now, sadly, that demo never made it into the final game. Yeah, and all of that was completely fake. When yeah. they released it, it was it was vapor. The game wasn't coded. It didn't exist in that state. 
Yeah. So this week, 343 Industries announced that the demo is going to be released at some point in the near future. Uh, the demo, if you've never seen it, showcases Master Chief defending a city, mm-hmm. and it will be released on PC. Um, they actually don't know if they're going to be able to bring it to consoles or not yet. Um, just do because they're basically scratch. Scr- scratching and getting all the code that they could get from the demo, which yep. is very little and piecing that together with the help of modders, actually oh, three, four, three, yeah, have, three, four, three has modders helping them with it. And they're basically just getting the old code working with what they got and then try and rebuild this demo for people that could have just been vaporware at that point. Yeah, no, that that's, Honestly, that's super cool. It's an interesting piece of like video game history that like. I, I mean, I watched it live. I remember it. I re- I was like glued to my computer that year watching all the E3 stuff. Yeah. And I remember seeing that and being like, wow, video games are rad. <laughs> yeah. And then when the game came out, it's like, that's not in here. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, Halo has a long history of that. Yeah. I mean, we have that whole, what was it? Halo 4? I think was E3 weird... has a long history E3 of that. E3 has a long history of it, but I think, like, was it Halo 4 that was the one that was, like, just Master Chief standing in the desert with, like, a cloak on? And oh, no, was, that like... was before 3. Was that before 3? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and it was, was like, like, oh, what's this? And, yeah, it was nothing. Literally was, nothing. Yeah, there was absolutely, absolutely nothing. But, yeah, E3's been doing that for a long time. It wasn't until Halo Infinite that a game became um, infamous, not for a trailer that looked too good, but too bad. That is very true. Halo. Halo and E3 is sword history. <laughs> they have a bad history. You can write a other. book, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we wrap up the news, I have a couple more items here. Uh, I'm going to let you know this is video game news, and it's weird video game news. So buckle in. The first thing is that RoboCop is coming back to the world of gaming with an all-new shooter. It's coming out in 2023. It is called RoboCop Rogue City. And Peter Weller, the actor who played RoboCop in the original films, will be reprising his role both in uh, visual and audio. Fucking awesome. It is a first-person shooter. This uh, Watch the trailer for this. I think I posted in our group chat earlier today. I watched the trailer for this, and I'm like, holy fucking shit. This is more cyberpunk than cyberpunk is. Oh, that sounds um, so good. Because because RoboCop, if you've never seen it, uh, first off, go watch Rob, the original RoboCop. Yeah. Um, and part two, not yeah, three or anything it, after it that. It is a very dystopian... Uh, it's dystopian Detroit. Yeah. And it's, it has like like these like bits of through line of what would be considered cyberpunk, but it's so minimal. It's not like right. everybody's it's got a very, it. very near future. It's, yeah. it's more about the dystopia than the robots basically. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. And remember near future in the eighties. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of square TVs built into things. Like yeah. that, that's what the future was. Yeah. And I want to say like one of the things that I'm hoping the video game will do, and I don't know how they would pull this off, but there are definitely lots of homages in the trailer to the original movie. Like a person getting like thrown out a window. Yeah. Um, the Ed 209 shows up at one point because I mean if you're going to play a first person RoboCop game you're going to fight an Ed 209. You have to. You have to. It's like, yeah, it is mandatory. It, yeah, it would be Diablo without Diablo. <laughs> right. Um, so one thing that I really loved about RoboCop and I, again I don't know how they would put this in the game is a big part of the original RoboCop is a lot of there's a lot of parody in it, mm-hmm. making fun of just culture in general. Like right. how, so, we, yeah. how we over sexualize things, how we oversell things. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, this was a Paul Verhoeven movie, the the, the genius who brought you Starship Troopers, if you need a reference. But yeah, yeah, that's what we're talking. This is the level of satire we're talking about. 
And I'm hoping they find a way to tie in that kind of level of satire to oh, it. Oh, God, yeah. Because it really needs it. I mean, that's basically what inspired, like, a lot of the stuff that we see in stu- in games like Cyberpunk. Or even, yeah. I mean, even Grand Theft Auto is, like, self-referential and jokingly poking fun at society. Like, going all the way back to RoboCop and, yeah, yeah Paul yeah. Verhoeven. So I'm excited about this. The trailer looks fantastic. I'm, I'm going to go home and watch the trailer. Yeah, that sounds it's, great. It's so good. All right. Can, can t- I shoot people in the dick? I assume that you can shoot people in the dick. All right. If you cannot shoot people in the dick, zero out of 10. Oh, absolutely. If dick Unplayable. Shooting, if dick shooting, 10 out of 10. Yep. That's all you need to know about RoboCop. Mm-hmm. All right. Continuing the everything is old that is old is new again train. Uh, developer Nancon Studios has announced a new untitled survival game based on the Terminator franchise. It is an open world game that is set between the events of Judgment Day and the creation of John Connor's Resistance. Okay. I feel like... So this isn't a sequel to the Terminator Resistance game that came out like... Nope. Three or four years this ago. This is its own thing. Okay. It's open world survival, and you got to survive against Terminators. Okay. Um, look, I don't know about survival games anymore. <laughs> like, I've played a couple of them recently that I've loved to death. And before before V Rising, I really just hated survival games. Yeah. But V Rising really put it in a context that made me like it. And now the raft has made me, you know, love decorating my raft. I think the best thing about survival games is, is when they're not about surviving. <laughs> there you go. Is when they're about something else. But I mean, yeah, Terminators. As a long cool. fan of the Terminator franchise, and, and you'll hear me, I feel like I'm being a broken record. It's like, I love Robocop. I love Terminator. Yeah. And then, you know, Hector will go, so do you like action movies? And poke me. And I'm like, no, I don't like action movies. No, action movies. Action I'm movies. like, I fucking hate action movies. <laughs> but all of these. It took mo- him four, three years to watch John Wick 1. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, three years of convincing me like weekly to watch John Wick 1 because I fucking hate action movies. Um but a lot of my favorite movies are sci-fi action movies. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you as a lifelong fan of Terminator and somebody who has played more than his fair share of Terminator games, it is honestly without I just I can't it is a shame. It is a damn dirty shame mm-hmm. that with this many Terminator games that have existed in the world that so many of them are hot garbage. Yep. Yeah, it's almost like when you make video games based on a movie that's coming out, it always kind of sucks ass. It's just never good. And imagine trying to just just for for the life of you trying to create a video game and a movie on the same timeline, Ugh, and, and like like and do both well, mm-hmm. like tr- truly impossible. And there have been some great RoboCop and Terminator games. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. In fact, uh, RoboCop versus Terminator. I go back to like the great. NES. That's the thing. Yeah. Like original RoboCop on like the NES, good. Yeah, the, it's a the, good shooter. The, our, our, was it RoboCop on the arcade, which is kind of where it was taken from? Yep. Good. RoboCop versus Terminator, 16-bit. Excellent. Very, very good. That Terminator one. 2 for the NES, I enjoyed it as a kid, but it's probably because I just didn't have a lot of games to play. And was, I was that really, the light gun one? No, that that's a different one. Okay. Um, that one, it was more of a like adventure game. It was a brutal game you could die really easy in that game okay so probably not good in retrospect but you know i was a kid and needed, yeah. to, needed to waste time we had we had like four video games right but then you have like a lot of like light gun on rail shooters like the mm-hmm. terminator arcade game um robocop gets a game every so often but not too often because like it's a lot of people just go you know he's a guy with a gun so that's how robocop works they just get yeah. one thing um by the way i really hope that in the robocop video game going back to that for a second 
um, you can use his like USB fucking oh spike. yeah to, just to like stab the absolute yeah, shit out like, of people just just I know that's a horrible thing to say but it, look man he only does violence when it's allowed that's yeah how it and works. I, I don't know why that was ever considered a computer interface but I'm happy it was it was like no because that's really the more of the like Star Wars kind yeah. of. Like that's a, what a data interface looks like. So yeah, it's just well, a, a one robot sticks a thing into another robot because everything's fucking phallic. Yeah, but why is it a chrome spike? <laughs> How do you transfer data? I have so many questions. I have so many I'm questions. I'm thinking too hard about the dick shooting movie. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> but like Terminator and RoboCop, like they both had a, a rough go of it. And I want the best for both of them is what I'm trying to yeah, say. Same. And like, Ghostbusters. Like I don't even really want to play a, a survival game, but you slap a Terminator. It's like action movies. I don't yeah. want to watch an action movie, but you slap a Terminator and yeah. I'm probably going to watch Throw some sci-fi a- in there and then you're watching Aliens. <laughs> yeah, and, and then I'm good. I'm all about Aliens. Yeah, and so like... When it comes to Terminator, I'm just like, I don't like survival games, but I might try this one just because it's Terminators yeah. and it can be bad and I'll wait for reviews. But if it, even one review is like, look, man, it, it, 12 hours, you, you play 12 hours and have a good time. I'm like, you know what? We're, worth my investment at that point. Yeah. All right. That is everything that we have for the news this week. We are going to take a small break. And when we come back, when we go into our main segment in the boss room. Boss room. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the boss room. Our main discussion for the week. Sometimes related to the news, sometimes not. Sadly, this week will be all news. Um, we're going to provide updates to all things going on over at Activision Blizzard. Typically, we would relegate this news to the Blizzard Are You OK section of our show, but it is important that we take time this week to break down all the most recent events that have been transpiring. So there's a whole host of stuff that has happened. Uh, we like two weeks ago, we had like a week with like no blizzard news and now yeah. it's just like ramping back up. It's, it's in our face. Yeah. So they, they, they were, they were front loading it for us. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. And again, I kind of want to reiterate, we don't love having to have these discussions, but we are a news show and it is important for us to talk about news related things. And so it's important that we sit here and try and have a civilized discussion about something that kind of is upsetting. Yeah. But it, it needs to be discussed. It needs to be talked about. And one day we will go like a month without any Blizzard news and we will celebrate. We'll have a no Blizzard news party here yeah. on the show. I-, I will pop a bottle. Yeah, it'll happen. So let's catch us up to where we are now. The last year has been no walk in the park for the game studio. From the numerous reports of discrimination, harassment, and a frat boy bro culture to in-game problems like a mass exodus of players in World of Warcraft to the launch of Diablo Immortal, which is a mobile game that has one of the most predatory business models out there. So that takes us to this week. We've got a bunch of Activision Blizzard headlines to cover, so we'll jump in. Um, I, for sake of format, mm-hmm. um, I gave us breaking points between them so we can discuss. I want cool. to have a good thorough discussion about all of them. So... Blizzard made some announcements this week about Diablo Immortal. Primarily, it was about season two of the game that launched literally today, a new battle pass. And of course, they had the, quote, enhanced battle pass that you could buy to get uh, get extra stuff. They went on to talk about all the cosmetics, the bugs and the, the bugs that were being fixed and things coming to the, the game while neglecting to talk about the microtransactions. This is most likely due to the fact that, yes, it does have predatory pay-to-win mechanics. It does have microtransactions. But the reason they probably didn't bring it up is that we also found out this week that Diablo Immortal has made over $50 million since it's launched. Yeah. 
Ew. That's heavy. Who's... Stop it. Who are you? Here's the problem, is that you can't tell them no if you're going to do it. Yeah, and they knew that. They knew that they were going to release a game that was literally pay to win, and that the people who were going to pay were going to pay. They... From what I understand, you can't even play the multiplayer anymore because no matter what you do, you'll you you realize you just walk up into a brick wall that is someone who put a hundred dollars into a character, right? And is just rolling the floor with anyone who didn't. Yep. And he only has to contend with people who've dropped two hundred dollars into their character, and so mm. on and so forth. And this is the ladder where people who don't spend money on the game are at the bottom. So that's the state of multiplayer. Yep. Yeah, um, stop! Stop giving! Stop giving these people money. I will say you're like I, you're ruining. I'm not our surprised with your shit. I'm not surprised that it made the money that it made in the first month. No, I'm wondering not... if it can be consistent though. No, no, it won't. It absolutely won't be. The second um, the new Genshin Impact game comes out, like this is over. Yeah, or you know whatever the next flash in the pan, like hottest game there is. Um, yeah, it's, uh, this is over. I, I doubt it even has a longevity because. It's, it's fucking Blizzard making a Diablo game to last long enough to stay interesting. Yeah, it's true. Now, Mike Yabara, who's the president of Blizzard, did actually open up about the microtransactions in Diablo Immortal. He had an interview in the LA Times. That's what I'll be referencing for the next couple of news articles. Um, so instead of trying to break all this down, I'm going to go ahead and just quote him for the next bit. Okay. When we think about monetization at the very highest level... It was, how do we give a free Diablo experience to hundreds and millions of people where they can do literally 99.5% of everything in the game? The monetization comes in at the end game. The philosophy was always to lead with great gameplay and make sure that hundreds and millions of people can go through the whole campaign without any costs. From that standpoint, I feel really good about this as an introduction to Diablo. He then went on to tell the LA Times about the high ratings of the game uh, of the app, like on the app store and the numerous positive reviews left by users about the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is what happens when you let uh, uh, the the, the person selling you the the poison gish gallop Mm. like they they can look. I I can tell you everything that my poison does to improve your health. Mm. But in the end, it's it's still fucking poison. Mm -hmm. And, And like. You, you, and this is how the journalism tends to fail us yeah. is when they don't ask questions like, well, what do you have to say about it costing a hundred thousand dollars to get a character to max level? Yeah. What, what do you have to say about the fact that in order to get the equivalent of that hundred thousand dollars would cost someone uh 10 years of in game playtime? Mm-hmm. Just please answer those questions. That's all I want. Yeah. All I want is for him to have to defend that. Yeah. Instead of just allowing him to talk about how this is a beginner Diablo experience that we really, out of the goodness of our hearts, wanted to introduce mobile gamers to mm. so that they could do it for free. Money was definitely the secondhand thought to this project. Give me a fucking break. Yeah. Give me all the breaks. Yeah. Uh, the chat has a really great point here. It says it could, a lot of the reviews or positive things could be casual mobile gamers that saw something new on the Google Play Store and they bought into it without actually knowing the history of Diablo or any of the controversy surrounding it. And that's true. Um, you know, I, I did when it came out, I downloaded it yep. and I played it and then I heard about all the stuff going on and I uninstalled it. That yep. That's what it is. So it is 
there are factors here, right? It can be making money just because pe- people just play mobile games and don't pay attention to the news. Or yeah. there are several factors here that can kind of go in this stuff. So yeah, it it's him defending it, but like just because you're able to make a good argument, is that good question mark? Nope. No, it's not. And the fact of the matter is, this is Mike Ybarra, who was brought in after all the controversies have happened within Blizzard regarding the staff, and he he was supposed to take over and start making Blizzard a better place. Mm-hmm. If this is what we're coming to expect with this, this could be problematic. Yeah, seems a lot more like he's there to put good spin on things. Right. Kind of like investigating yourself and deciding you did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet you he has a lot of talking points Mind about you, that. My, if you don't remember, Mike Ybarra was actually co-president um, with a young lady. I can't remember her name now. Um, he was co-president with uh, her. With the one that was hired for like six months. And, and then... she she was part of Blizzard yep. and she got promoted. And after like six months went, yeah, I quit. And when people said like, why are you quitting? And she's like, the chance of this place changing is like zero. zero. Mm-hmm. So... This is where we're at. These yeah. are things that have to be thought about. These are things that have to be evaluated when we discuss Activision Blizzard. And, and how much they're worth. And we say this every week. We say this as people who love Blizzard products. Mm-hmm. We are talking against the company that makes the things that we love. Yep. But in the interest of fairness and journalism and whatever the fuck you can consider us, we have to we have to talk about these things. We do. We, we do, cannot we cannot do. sit here and be a shill for blizzard shit and not talk about the horrible things that are going on. We would be fucking hypocrites. We would be, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean you can make the most delicious sandwich in the world, you know, out of an endangered species. Like, like it, 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 no, no good that you provide, and especially to the people who love it, is worth the damage you're doing. Yeah, you know, and yeah, that, that's pretty much just how I feel about Blizzard. Yeah, and I, and I wish them all a, a lot of holes in their golden parachute. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you don't even have to buy Overwatch two. No, no, yeah, play. yeah, I don't have to buy Overwatch it's free two. to play, and probably all the tokens you have saved up from Overwatch one will pay for your battle pass. Oh yeah, oh yeah, so, they will. There you oh, go. God. You yeah, don't have to drop a penny on it. So in that same interview with the LA Times, uh, Yabara went on to talk about what steps Blizzard is taking to improve culture at the studio. Uh, I'll just go ahead and quote him again. Um, He says, we have taken two or three key people who identify as women across every team. I meet monthly with them. I talk about what will make Blizzard great for women. Our hope is that employees recognize these changes and that people start feeling safe and more comfortable. Now, he did say that these meetings are happening with people across all levels of the company to make sure that everybody is represented. And he said, quote, there is no high five that we have met our commitments. This is something that is going to be in our DNA forever. Essentially saying we will never reach a point in our company where we feel like, hey, guys, we have done it. High five. Right. We are constantly going to be looking at this thing that is tarnished blizzard's name and always asking ourselves how do we strive to to make do better than we have yeah no i mean that's honestly that's a pretty good response i mean when yeah when you're talking about the, the history of anything um once something changes for the better it doesn't do anybody any good to forget what has happened in the past Right. And at least acknowledging that 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 they understand that, or that you know he knows well enough to say that they understand that is mm. 
It, it feels good. It feels like progress. You know, it, it, at least he's not up there saying, we apologize for this last week. Right, you know, right. I wish people would move on. You know, he, he's got he's got a better sense of this. Yeah. Him actually like willing to say, hey, y'all, like it's going to stay with us. It's going to be a problem or it's not going to be a problem, but we we will always be trying to do better. Right. Is the bare minimum? Yeah, it really is. And this is the thing about like progressiveness and the people who like to be progressive or call themselves progressives, and then they tend to be less progressive as they get older. Progressiveness mm. and acceptance and love and harmony are not things that you get and you're done getting them. Right. They're literally daily work. Things will always yeah. change, and your ideas about the way things are will always be challenged. Yeah. So, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's, that, that, that's a good talking point. I like it. Yeah. So what else happened with Blizzard this week? Uh, The UK Competition and Markets Authority started an investigation into the purchase of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft. Uh, Quote, we will consider if gamers could end up paying higher prices with less choice or lower quality. Fucking amazing. Why why is... Why is... I'm, I'm sorry. I'm in a little bit of shock. I'm not used to... Like government or really any regulation, regulative en- entity doing a good thing for right. any good reason. I completely agree. Like, and it, I'm a little and it bit doesn't. Shocked. It doesn't sound like this is gonna like really go anywhere, considering the thing that they're investigating. But there's supposed to be a fast turnaround on this, by the way. Okay. It's supposed to be like end of July or something. It's supposed to be when the first results come in. Although it may not be publicly announced until like September. Okay. So to kind of go back in time in like a couple months, we have the U.S. government who's kind of looking at this acquisition and being like, well, is this going to be problematic? And then, you know, other companies going, well, is this going to be or other governments going, is this going to be problematic? I hate to boil this down for you, but from a legal perspective, it's not problematic. It's not a monopoly. It's not going to be any of those things that people keep throwing around term wise. There are a million game studios out there. So yep. the competition's there. It's literally just acquiring a larger company. Yeah, And a lot of and a lot of game studios. So, yeah, you know. it'll, it'll go through some regulation stuff, but like it, it is what it is basically at this point. Yeah. Um. So it, but it is nice to hear the governments are stepping in and saying like, hey, we do need to evaluate this. We do need to. And, um, thanks it. for checking. Like, like uh, it's literally the least you can do. But, yeah. But you so often do not do the least you can do. So <laughs> right. Thank you for checking. Yeah, I appreciate that. That at least. Okay. So finally this week, as if this was not enough, and this is going to be the big one here, Activision Blizzard employees are planning another walkout. This walkout is being put together by the group, a better ABK. Uh, it's the a better Activision, uh, Activision Blizzard King. Um, it centers around healthcare in light of current political events. So we are going to get a little heavy here, y'all. So I, Putting it out there, we're going to be talking about some current event stuff that is not video game related for this. So um, if that makes you uncomfortable, we're sorry, and we'll see you in the next one, but we got to talk about this. So here's what the quote from them is. We are calling for protection of several communities of marginalized workers. Employees are actively facing state legislation that is putting women, LGBTQ plus employees and their families at risk with other vulnerable groups on the horizon. Our walkout demands uh, focus around the protections of ABK employees from external threats like the recently overturned Roe versus Wade and internal threats such as retaliation and harassment while in the workplace. 
The presently offered $4,000 reimbursements for out-of-state medical care currently leave employees open to legal prosecution from their home state. Our demands ensure that workers safely, affordably, and legally maintain access to life-saving uh, procedures such like abortions and trans-affirming health care. Their demands include the ability for staff to choose to work remotely where they can access their health care where needed without discrimination. So I'm going to go ahead and kind of um, read through some of this. Um, I actually have like their their little list here pulled up. Mm -hmm. And I think that to really understand what's going on, um, I'm just going to read through it. So yeah. I apologize if it's going to get a little bit lengthy. All ABK employees must have the option to choose fully remote work. For positions which are impossible to operate outside of physical office, such as facilities, employees must have the option to relocate to an office in a safe state or country. All ABK employees currently residing in locations passing discriminatory legislation must be offered relocation assistance to a safe state or country. ABK must provide the cost of living adjustments to the compensation of employees who relo relocate to a safe state or country to avoid discriminatory legislation. ABK must ensure that our health insurance partner continues to cover transgender and reproductive health care, including abortion. For employees that must travel to receive this life-saving health care, ABK must cover all travel expenses. Management must immediately and transparently enact plans to allow relocation from locations which are passing anti-abortion, anti-LGBTQ+, or any other demonstrably discriminatory legislation. Employees must be included in the audit report request by shareholders to make sure that our sexual harassment audit was conducted fairly and exhaustively. The ABK leadership must agree to hold regular meetings with members of the worker-led committee against sex and gender discrimination. Eight and the final one, ABK must sign a labor neutrality agreement like Microsoft did recently so that we can freely organize our workplace and bargain for concessions in this legally binding contract. Fucking good for them. Yeah. I hope you get everything you deserve, everything you've asked for. Every American deserves everything that you've asked for in this space. If we had any kind of, you know, if anything good ever happened, every every American laborer would have all of these rights because this is some bullshit. But um, yeah, and I mean, this is one of those things that we look at it and go, I mean, it's a corporation. How much should the corporation do? But at the same time, why shouldn't they? No, it's literally everyone's like, they have literally decided to be the lifeline provider for every single one of their employees. Right. That's what entering that relationship means. Right. And in the places where our governments fail us, it's that they need to step in because unlike our governments, they literally demand our labor. Yeah. In order to keep getting the life-saving fucking action coupons that we use to live. Because mm -hmm. otherwise it's homelessness in jail or homelessness and death. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they, they need to step it up and offer more for how much they make off of the rest of us. It's true. I mean, we, those workers go in every day and they spend eight plus hours. Oh, yeah. Creating content that generates revenue for the company. At some point, you know, they, they all, all they're asking for is like, look, we want to feel safe where we work. Mm -hmm. We want to have the health care that we need. And we'd like to be able to work remotely and be in somewhere in a, in a state where that's, you know, 
isn't going to want to kill us. Right. Or get arrested for being who we are. Yeah. And, and let's not forget most of what they're acting, asking for is literally just that the health care that they are, uh, that they are already provided by their company is actually fucking good for anything. Yeah. Like that's all it is. It's great to have health insurance and not be made fucking bankrupt by a broken leg. Mm. But at the same time, if you need certain types of health care that your state will not allow people to provide you, mm. then you need to be able to leave yeah. so that your health care still works. And if you need to be able to leave for that health care and your state will follow you, you need legal protection. Yeah. All of that is just health care. And it's yeah. all the bare minimum a company can do for demanding your labor. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there, there can be arguments to both sides of this where people go, well, should the companies be going that above and beyond for, you know, their workers? Um, I'm going to shut that conversation down right now and say, yes. Yeah. There, there's no, it, it's not above and beyond. It's yeah. really not. When you think about how much fucking money ABK makes, mm -hmm. it's, it's literally a drop in the bucket. Think about how much of your life you, I won't use the word waste, but how much of your life you contribute to the job that you work. Right. Let's say you worked for ABK for 40 hours a week for your entire working life, right? Which is, you know, arguably like 40 to 50 years. Mm -hmm. Um, think about how much they have benefited from your work, considering how well we work these days in terms of productivity, in terms of remote access to work, in terms of being able to be on call 24 seven, which a lot of people in every industry are. Mm -hmm. We provide so much value that these companies make billions of dollars a month. Yeah. Billions of dollars a week sometimes, yeah. a quarter at least, certainly a year. They literally pay their highest paid workers, their C-level workers, hundreds of millions of dollars a year in bonuses. The, the, what we're asking for wouldn't cost them that much. It would cost them about one CEO's worth. Yeah, you're, you're, we're, you're not asking for a lot. Yeah. You're not asking for a lot. And, 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 and stop thinking that you are, if, if this is your thought, these companies owe you this and more. And it's about time we all got together and started demanding that from them yeah. because without us, they, they, they can't, there, there's no Diablo. Mm -hmm. there, there's true. no Overwatch. There's no, there's no Candy Crush. It, yeah. It, it, there's no Call of Duty. That is very true. The CEOs can't make it and they wouldn't even try. So the question that we have to ask now that we've got all the news out of the way here. What do you think the status of Activision Blizzard is right now? Looking at all this stuff going on, I mean, let's just let's just talk about it. Let's let's be honest here. Let's be blunt. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, it, it, it's more of the same, which is exactly what I expected. Yeah. Uh, Activision Blizzard news doesn't shock me anymore. I I never expected them to change. Mm. I think I said last week that people saying they're going to do something when they have a long history of not doing it just just. I mean, I don't trust people who do that shit anymore. Yeah. I don't trust people who say that shit anymore. There, there's mm -hmm. no reason to. When they show you who they are, believe them. Yeah. And, you know, we like to think like, yeah, it just requires a change in leadership. They literally just voted to keep their leadership. Yeah. Their leadership voted to keep their leadership. Let's be blunt. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, they, they voted to keep their leadership. So, yeah. But they also, you know, evaluated themselves and said they're doing fine. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I wish they would have evaluated the employees and asked the same question. Yeah. You know, uh, fuck. Yeah. No, I, I, I wish 
that there was a way to not harm any of the workers and absolutely sink this company from orbit. Just glass the surface. I would live fine and peacefully in a game, in a world where World of Warcraft and Call of Duty and Diablo and uh, God forgive me, even Overwatch just didn't exist anymore because the company just died. Mm. But everyone got to, everyone who worked for them, and I mean worked for a living, worked for them. Yeah. You know, they got absorbed peacefully and wonderfully into other com- um, other companies and unionized mm-hmm. and were able to go on and live good lives. And I wish everyone else, like I said, a lot of holes in their golden parachute. And we, talk- we talked about this last week when we brought up Blizzard. When we talk about Blizzard in this capacity, we say the negative things that we're saying. We are not talking about the developers. No, we are never. talking about the top. Yeah. The top that has made this culture happen, has encouraged these things, has made bad shit happen. Mm-hmm. They're the people that we are pissed at. Yeah. And because they made all the wrong decisions, right? Because the people who made the games that we love, we love them. We just want better for them because right now they're not being treated like humans. Yeah. Can we just like decide as, as a company? And and this is just me talking directly to ABK that when we address things like this, we should address it with action rather than damage control and PR. Right. Like the best way, to do any of this is to put someone in charge who wants to make changes, let them make the changes, even if they're expensive. And then the media part handles itself. The, yeah. the employees will run to the news and say, oh, my God, this is the best company to work for. And yeah. you will be overflowing with resumes for people who want to work for you. Yeah. Just be a good company. And now I'm saying this to every company. Just be a good company. And when your employees say that they need something in order to continue providing you the work that makes you so much money, just listen to them and fucking give it to them. I've never heard of any union asking for fucking golden toilets and caviar. Usually what they're asking for is health care, a cost of living raise, and the ability to take care of their families. And sometimes reasonably priced lunch. And then a reasonably priced lunch. Because for a long time at Activision Blizzard, people had to make the choice between sleeping in their cars or eating and, and eating lunch. Yeah. You know, it was just a thing that they were so low paid that, I mean, we forget about this thing that happened a couple of years ago where people were just reporting left and right. Like Blizzard employees have to make the decision between either living in California or in like working it in, in like living out of their, their cars, cars. Yeah. Right. And like, it, and they couldn't afford lunch at the actual company that they were at. Like these are horrible fucking working conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and I feel like once your company makes like, like crosses a hundred billion dollar a year threshold, they should be mandated to provide their employees with housing if they need it. Right. Like Jesus Christ. Like, like what are we doing to our employees? What are we doing to our workers? Like yeah. get, we, we, just, just pay them. Just, yeah. Just, just pay, pay them. them, pay them enough to live where they work. Yeah. That, that's all simple. Yeah, it's, it's one thing. It, it's, and I know that we said this a couple of weeks ago, but I have to bring it back. I know there's a lot of PR spin on stuff that happened with Blizzard this week. A lot of people talking about stuff that they probably shouldn't be talking about. Guys, I, I, I got to go back to this. Well, Microsoft is attempting to buy you right now. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Straight up. Stop. Stop saying things. Yeah. Stop doing things. Just quietly develop games for the next six months while Microsoft figures the shit out and shut the fuck up. Yeah. Just get out. Get out and shut up. Yeah. Stop trying to fix anything. Literally just give your employees what they want and be bought. And all all the people at the top can go the fuck away. Yeah. Like, like just, just, just go away. Stop fucking up. Skip Bobby Kotick out of there. Yeah. Just fucking call it a day. Just be done with it. Yeah. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. 
All right. I know that was a lot of Blizzard news. I know that it wasn't all great. I hope that we had some informative discussions and talks here. I felt like it was a healthy conversation. Mm -hmm. It's all really shitty situations, but we have to have these conversations because... if if nobody's having them, then no progress will be made. Yeah, and we they, made, yeah. we could be we are just a shitty nobody podcast. But you know, if we we reached one person who felt that they learned something from this or changed a heart and mind somewhere, then maybe we've done okay. Yeah, and I want to thank you all for joining us on the Labor Union Weekly. I mean, good night and good game podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. Yeah, so that's everything we have for the show this week. Don't forget that you can head over to patreon.com slash gnggcast and become a patron of our show. Um, you can head over to facebook.com slash gnggcast where you can chat with us as well as at gnggcast on Twitter. I am on there way too much and you can speak with me directly. Special thanks to all of our patrons for keeping us afloat. We promise you guys an episode here in the near future. Still working on that, but it will be coming out soon. Until next time, for Hector, this is James. And for James, this is Hector. Everyone, good night. And good game. <laughs>